welcome to the dictionary hosted by me, this human being right here, Spencer Parks. I am not a machine, a robot, an AI, none of those things. I am a real life human boy. Um, let's see, before we start the show, um, I want to mention you've probably been hearing ads in this show. Um, they're, they're sort of in the, the machine, the machine that hosts this, this podcast, uh, it's an automated, they, words are hard this morning. Um, they decide where the ads go at the beginning, at the end, somewhere in the middle. And, um, you know, let me know what you think. Um, I am not saying where to put them or how many to put them in there. They just sort of choose for me. Um, so if it's frustrating, I apologize. I will say I listened to one episode this morning and there were a lot. There were a couple at the beginning, one or two, about a third of the way through, and it was the same ad twice. And then like a few minutes later, there was another one. And then there was a couple at the end. It felt a little bit, uh, too much. I may mention something to them, but, um, if you have, uh, positive or negative feelings about this, let me know. Um, we'll see. I, you know, this whole ad money thing, it's, I, I, I have uh, mixed feelings about it. Uh, it's, it's bittersweet. It's, I don't know, that's not the right word. But anyway, um, if it's really, really bugging you and if you're going to stop listening because of them, uh, let me know and I will possibly get rid of them. But I hope, I hope that you're like, ah, I'll just skip it. It's fine. All of the podcasts these days have ads. I can deal with it. Let me know whatever you think. All the contact information is in the show notes. All right. So, the first word... Oh, also, I was thinking... Um, I've been thinking about doing a live show for a while. I'm not entirely sure what sort of format that might take. I want to think of some fun ideas, like if I have one guest or a few guests, can we turn this into, like, a game? Can there be points or something? Um, I don't know. If you come up with any good uh, sort of game things that I could do with this show with the words and the definitions other than just like let me know what you think this definition is uh, let me know you know I'll, I'll credit you for the invention of the game um, but yeah you know I, I want some of your creative brains to help me come up with some good good ideas I'll obviously try and think of some of my own obviously all right, the first word in this episode is dusty. Ugh, this word is so dusty. We've got to shake it off. Dust it. Okay, D-U-S-T-Y. Adjective from the 13th century. Number one, covered or abounding with dust. Luckily, I use this book often, so it is not dusty. But, you know, we have a whole shelf of books that are dusty because we don't read them. We don't know how to read Number two, consisting of dust, and the synonym is powdery. So this could be maybe on a on a snow-capped mountain when you're going down on your skis, your snowboard, your ski blades, other your sled, other your toboggan. How many ways can you go down some powdery snow, dusty snow? I don't know if they use dusty there. Three, resembling dust. Four, it, it looks like dust. It's kind of like dust. It's dusty. Four, lacking vitality, and the synonym is dry, as in dusty scholarship. A dusty scholarship. Now, this could be the scholarship being described in a way that I'm not that familiar with. Lacking vitality? 
Dry? What is a dusty scholarship? Number five is British, and the synonym is unsatisfactory. Uh, This one is used especially in the phrases dusty answer and not so dusty. So dusty answer is an unsatisfactory answer. Ooh, I don't like that answer. It was unsatisfactory to me. I prefer a, a different answer other than that dusty answer that you gave me. And uh, not so dusty. Not so dusty is not so unsatisfactory. So I guess not so dusty means it is satisfactory or it's kind of satisfactory. Hmm. Oh boy, if I could remember to use these. Oh, that would be wonderful. Dusty answer and not so dusty. Dustily is an adverb and dustiness is a noun. So we finished that word, which means I need to make a sound effect, and I'm just going to go sort of like that. Next is Dusty Miller, two words, noun from circa 1825, any of several plants having ashy gray or white tomentos leaves, especially an herbaceous artemisia or artemisia with grayish foliage found especially along the eastern coast of the U.S. The species name of this herbaceous Artemisia or Artemisia is Artemisia stellariana, stellariana, stellar, stellariana. You keep on saying it, you're going to get there eventually. Uh, There is this word, tomentose leaves, T-O. M-E-N-T-O-S-E. I don't know what that means, and I don't know if I said it correctly. Tomentos, the fresh maker leaves. No clue what this is. It's, um, what is it? It's, they're plants. It's an Artemis. I don't know exactly what kind of plant they are. Dusty Miller. Sounds like a name. Somebody's name, a cowboy. Dusty Miller. Great. Next is Dutch. Oh, this is the first of the D-U-T words. Dutch. This is an adverb often capitalized from 1914. And it means, with each person paying his or her own way. As in, went Dutch to the movies. I wish there was etymology here. I've heard this. You know, we, we're going to split the meal. We're paying for our own portions. I guess that's technically what it means. You're paying for your own thing. You're not splitting it. Okay, so if, if I hear somebody say this, talking about splitting the, the restaurant bill, the food bill, I'm going to say, no, it's not splitting it. You pay for your, yours, and I'll pay for mine, and that's, that's going Dutch. Um, but yeah, I want to know the etymology, because this is odd very odd. Do the Dutch people like to split things equally and fairly? I do like that. It's like, yeah, I'll pay for mine. You pay for yours. Everything's fair and equal because I don't want to be splitting the bill where I got a little cup of soup and you got a filet mignon. That's a filet mignon or lobster something expensive. Great. Next is Dutch again with the capital D. Um, and this is, it's definitely got a capital D, opposed to the previous word, which often has a capital D. This is the first form of the capital D, Dutch, which is an adjective from the 14th century. Number one, A, is archaic, and it means 
of, relating to, or in any of the Germanic languages of Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and the Low Countries. And I think that's low in relation to the mountains. There's like high and low. I think, possibly. Um, so, uh, but we don't use Dutch to describe these, uh, these languages anymore. Uh, any of these, yeah, the Germanic languages. And if you listen to the History of English podcast by a guy who might be on this podcast sometime in the next year, uh, it's a fascinating history lesson about the languages and Europe and all this stuff. It's really interesting. So you can learn more about these stuff, these, uh, these Dutch languages, which we can't say anymore. But when B is not archaic, of, relating to, or in the Dutch of the Netherlands. In the Dutch, maybe the next form of Dutch will help to describe that a little bit better. So yeah, the Netherlands, the Dutch, it's Dutch. And they like to split their their bills, their movies, equally, fairly. 2A is also archaic, of or relating to the Germanic peoples of Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and the Low Countries. So this one's about the people. 1A was about the languages. So what's 2B going to be about? It's not archaic. Of or relating to the Netherlands or its inhabitants. So of course, 1B, even though it was worded kind of funny, it's talking about the Dutch language, I guess, of the Netherlands. And 2B is talking about the people of the Netherlands. They are the Dutch. I would love to visit there someday. 2C is the, the synonym is the second form of the word German. Number three, of or relating to the Pennsylvania Dutch or their language, which uh, I guess, what's their language? Pennsylvania Dutch. I think I've seen that in this podcast not that long ago. Um, yeah, I guess they just came to Pennsylvania and uh, they just stayed around for so long and there's so many of them, they just got their own phrase, Pennsylvania Dutch. Dutchly is an adverb. So this word is from, well, I'm going to assume it's from uh, some sort of Germanic language or a Dutch language. It's from Middle English, Dutch with no T. Oh, I don't, I don't think I spelled this. D-U-T-C-H. That's why it's the beginning of the D-U-T section. Um, so it's from the Middle Dutch, Dutch spelled D-U-U-T-S-C-H. It's a lot of letters going on there. Akin to the Old High German, Dutsk. I don't know how to say that word. Oh, which means German. So it's spelled D-I-U-T-I-S-C, and that word means German. Also from the Old English, Theod, which means nation. From the Gothic word, Theodisco, which means as a Gentile. Also from Theuda, which means people. Also from the Oscan language, O-S-C-A-N, Tuto, which means city. So we got city, people, Gentile, nation, German. I'm sure if, if you know these words, I mean, I think the word German kind of means like, it's their nation, it's their city, I don't know, something. It's It, it all makes sense. Just just go back, get in your time machine and go back hundreds of years and you can follow follow the evolution. What?
Next is the second form of Dutch noun from the 14th century. Number 1a is archaic, and we have a couple sub-definitions there. Um, so 1a1 is any of the Germanic languages of Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and the Low Countries. Do you see a pattern? So the previous form was the adjective describing something as Dutch, and then this one is the noun. So those things are called Dutch, those languages, but not anymore. 1a2 is also archaic, and the synonym is the number three definition for the word German. 1b is not archaic. It is the Germanic language of the Netherlands and Belgium. And yeah, if, when you listen to that History of English podcast, you learn that uh, just there's that Germanic, uh, those languages, a lot of languages have stemmed from German there. I don't remember the details exactly, but uh, yes, there is a whole group of Germanic languages. And Dutch is one of them. Number two... Um, I guess it's saying that the plural of this word would also just be Dutch instead of Dutches. Uh, so 2a is archaic, the Germanic peoples of Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and the Low Countries. 2b is not archaic, and the synonyms are the both 2a and b definitions for the word Germans with an s at the end. So I guess I guess what it's saying is that number two is plural, and you call it Dutch. And uh, yeah, so that's why it takes us to the, the word Germans, 2A and B. And to see the people of the Netherlands are the Dutch. See, you don't add the S at the end or anything like that. You just say the Dutch. The Dutch people, they are the Dutch. Number three, synonym is Pennsylvania Dutch. Four, this is uh, this is changing things up. Uh, the synonym is dander. Now, I mean, I think of dander as being like you know the the hair and the dust and the things coming off of like a cat or something. Um, is there a different definition for dander that I can't think of? Let's see. What do we got? Uh, dandruff. Ooh, there's also anger and temper. That's also dandered. Now, don't get your dander up. Hmm. So. Uh, so back to the second form of Dutch, number four, the synonym is dander, as in her dander is up. So yeah, maybe that's her anger, her temper. And you call that Dutch? No, sorry, her Dutch is up. That's the phrase. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I've never heard that one. Uh, and then number five, also different than all these languages and peoples, we have the synonyms disfavor and trouble, as in in Dutch with the boss. In trouble, in trouble with the boss. Ooh, you got in trouble. The boss is going to make you pay for your portion of the movie. Next is Dutch cheese. Two words with a capital D. Noun from 1828. This one is chiefly northern. I don't know what northern we're talking about. Uh, the synonym is cottage cheese. So I guess some people just like to say Dutch cheese because maybe they invented cottage cheese in the Netherlands? The north of the Netherlands? I don't know. I think Netherlands actually means Northland, doesn't it? Possibly. I could have that wrong. 
Dutch clover, two words, noun from 1765. The synonym is white clover. So, uh, you know, maybe we're starting to see a pattern here. You just replace the word Dutch with something else and you have a more common term. Next is Dutch colonial. Both of the first letters are capitalized. Two words, adjective from 1922. Characterized by a gambrel roof with overhanging eaves. Uh, what is a gambrel roof? I don't know. We will learn about that in the G's, and I can't wait. Overhanging eaves. Now, is this the type of roof where there are no rain gutters and the, um, the, what are the, the, what are those things called on the roof? The slats, the, um, the shingles? Is that what they're called? The shingles sort of curve under the edge of the roof, and it has this really cool curved style. Is that it? I don't know. Let's post a picture of a Dutch colonial house building on social media. Go to Instagram and Twitter at DictionaryPod if you want to see that eventually. Um, yeah, there's a house kind of in my neighborhood that I've seen for many years. And if, if, if it is a Dutch colonial, I really like that style. It's really cool. And it makes me think of old fantasy, I don't know, middle, uh, I don't know, old, old, old time things. But this is 1922. I don't know. I don't know what a gambrel roof is. I didn't study architecture. We got to move on. Dutch courage. Courage like the lion did not have any courage. If I were king of the forest. Uh, This is two words, noun from 1807. Courage artificially stimulated especially by drink, and then also drink taken for courage. So the drink that you take, this is going to be probably an alcoholic drink. You take the drink, and that drink is called Dutch courage. And then the courage that you have, because you had the alcoholic drink, is also called Dutch courage. I've never heard of this one, I don't think. I mean, I've heard of like liquid courage, maybe. Um, you know, you, you get all a little bit loosey-goosey, you get a little buzzed with one or two alcoholic drinks. I am not um, necessarily suggesting that you do this, but this is a thing that happens and sometimes people feel like they need to have a drink or two, you know, to talk to the person that they like, that they have a crush on, that they're interested in, or, you know, do something, I don't know, give a speech, mm, you know. It's uh, it's it's a wishy-washy area, you know. Should you just try to do these things without some uh, Dutch courage? I think maybe possibly that might be a good idea. See if you can muster up the courage in yourself. You know you got it. It's in there. But some people, their brains get in the way, and you know it's hard for them to uh, to take that leap. But it's fine. You don't you don't need it. But yes, it sort of loosens you up when you have a little Dutch liquid courage. And you just don't care as much. So you're like, yeah, I can totally do this thing. Dutch door is next. Uh, By the way, Dutch in all of these words has still had a capital D. Dutch door, two words, noun from circa 1890. A door divided horizontally so that the lower or upper part can be shut separately. And I feel like, uh, you know... 
we've seen this in movies and TV shows a lot when maybe it's like a early 1900s or 1800s, at least in America, and, you know, maybe you're on a farm. It's just a very old style, and, uh, I, you know, Mr. Ed, I think Mr. Ed maybe had a door like this, so the horse could stick its head out of the thing, but the bottom part was still closed off, so they couldn't escape. Um, it's an interesting door. Uh, barns probably have these. Uh, and what is it for the horse? Is it for other things? What's the point of it? Do you want to open the bottom part separately and leave the top closed? Maybe for children, if they're like super short, they can uh, they can just go uh, through the bottom part of the door and not the up. They don't need to open the upper part. Uh, yeah, I just think of barns and farms. Barns and farms when I think of these Dutch doors. And I did not know that they were called Dutch doors. And why are they called Dutch doors? Did the Dutch... Ooh, it's probably related to this very first word Dutch where you're splitting payment or paying for your own portion. So it's something about being split, split in two or equally or something. And now what I'm realizing is uh, we, we did not have anything... I mean, we still have some Dutch words, but I don't think any of them are the thing that I'm thinking about. Um, we should have seen this in Dutch, the very first word, in uh, in camera things. Uh, if you if you canter, if you angle the camera, uh, so like the left side is higher than the right side, uh, that's a that's a Dutch angle in the film world. I don't know why, but it is. You know, in those the old Batman TV show, whenever there was like an evil uh, character, they would always Dutch the camera to let you know that they are they're not good. Okay, so that's probably why the Dutch door is called the Dutch door because it's split and Dutch somehow is being split evenly. I don't know why. Dutch elm disease. Three words. The D is capitalized in Dutch. Noun from 1927, a disease of elms caused by an ascomycetus, ascomycetus fungus and characterized by yellowing of the foliage, defoliation, and death. So the leaves and stuff get yellow, they lose their leaves, that's the defoliation, I would assume, and then they die from Dutch elm disease. Uh, the species name of this ascomos—I don't know how to say this word—ascomycetus fungus. The species name is Ceratocystis. Ceratocystis ulmi. There was a lot of s sounds in that word. Uh, so what they do? Uh, because we actually had—we've uh, had some uh, trees on my parents' uh, block that uh, had Dutch elm disease, uh, so they had to they had to get rid of them because the roots, the root structure underground is so vast that they can easily spread Dutch elm disease from one tree to another tree to another tree. So they want to catch it early and get rid of that tree so they don't spread, and then all the trees are just going to go down. And that's not good. They're going to die. That's what happens. Uh, so yeah, they wanna they wanna save the other trees by taking out the sick ones, and uh, yeah, I remember we came home once from like a short uh, summer vacation when I was a kid, and the tree in front of our house, this beautiful big tree, was just gone. 
It's like, oh no, we lost our beautiful tree from Dutch elm disease. Oh, you Dutch elm disease. I hate you so much. Okay, next, we got more Dutch words. Dutch ho. Two words, the D is capitalized, and ho is H-O-E, and I believe this is the thing that you use for gardening and farming and stuff. It is a noun from circa 1750. This synonym is scuffle ho. So I guess it's some kind of farming uh, gardening instrument. Next is Dutchman or Dutchman. I think the second way is probably the better way to pronounce that. Dutchman. One word, noun from the 14th century. This is not capitalized, although number one is capitalized. And uh, if you were paying attention early, you will see a pattern here. So number one is capitalized. We have one A, B, C, and D. And one A is archaic. And it is a member of any of the Germanic peoples of Germany. Say it with me now. Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and the Low Countries. Good job, class. 1B. These are not archaic. A native or inhabitant of the Netherlands is a Dutchman. Um, One thing that you will learn from the History of English podcast is the word man back in the day did not mean man. It just meant person or human. Man, woman, doesn't matter. But of course, as time has gone on, we keep on using the word man to describe a person. But in our context in the you know 20th century, 21st century, we think of it as a man, one who is n- not a woman. Uh, and, you know, with with how gender has changed over the years and how we view all of that, um, we have not been very happy with words that have the word man in there. So, you know, maybe we can come up with something new, some word that means, you know, neutral human being. Okay, two, no, one C. A person of Dutch descent is a Dutchman. And one D. The synonyms, again, are the word, the the 2A and 2B definitions for the word German. Ah, and I said again, but that is not accurate because here we have 2A and 2B for German, but if we go back to where we saw that before, um, it was 2A and 2B for Germans, and that was the second form of Dutch. Okay, back to Dutchman number two, a device for hiding or counteracting structural defects. Hiding structural defects or counteracting structural defects. Um, I have vague memory of possibly hearing what this is, but I don't obviously deal with the construction of things, so I have no idea what this is. The last word is Dutchman's breaches or britches. So it's two words with a hyphen. The D in Dutchman's is capitalized and it has an apostrophe S and britches is B-R-E-E-C-H-E-S. This is a noun from 1837 and it is 
a spring flowering herb of the fumatory family occurring in the eastern U.S. and having finely divided leaves and cream-white double-spurred flowers. Hmm, it sounds so pretty. Do we need to post a picture on social media of the Dutchman's britches? I think so. And do they look like the pants that are worn by a Dutchman? Hmm. It flowers in the spring. It's an herb. It's uh, in the eastern U.S. Uh, the leaves are finely divided, and it has these flowers that are double-spurred and cream-white. The species name is Dicentra cucularia. And of course, I can't guarantee my pronunciation on any of those species names are correct. All right. It doesn't say where this name came from, uh, but obviously, it's uh, they, the, the Dutchmans used to wear these as pants. Okay, we have to come up with a word of the episode. So, today we had Dusty, Dusty Miller, Dutch, 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 Dutch Cheese, Dutch Clover, Dutch Colonial, Dutch Courage, Dutch Door, Dutch Elm Disease, Dutch Ho, Dutchman, and Dutchman's Britches. Hmm, let's see. I'm, I, I enjoyed the Dutch Door. I have always loved a door that splits in half. Um, I, I respect the Dutch uh, Courage, but I don't, I don't entirely encourage the Dutch courage. I, I think you should try and find it within yourself. Um, let's see. I don't know. I'm kind of tempted to just pick Dutchman's britches because it's a fun thing to say and it sounds like it's pretty to look at. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Dutchman's breeches. I think it's actually britches. I, I just said because it's spelled breeches. Dutchman's britches are a cream-white, double-spurred, flowering herb. Yeah. With finely divided leaves, Dutchman's britches. Don't put on the, them on your pants. Yeah, I don't know. I, I should have stopped when I was ahead. All right. I think that's a fine place to stop this Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Please let the people let you know about it. Is that English? I don't know. I need to slow my brain down. Uh, please let people know that this podcast exists. I would greatly appreciate that. And if you would like to go rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and all the other places, I would be ever in your debt. And uh, I will read it on an episode if that's okay. Because I, I would like to read those. Okay, this has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.